There's effective ways to reach out to people, and there's ineffective ways to reach out to people. We're in the last week of a series called The Core, where we're talking about the core purposes of LifePoint. And if you remember back a few weeks ago, I started this whole message series sitting on this front row talking about what it must be like for people that only experience this as church, that what it must be like for people to just come in, grab some coffee, grab some donuts, and this is church. Just sitting in this comfortable chair, listening to great music, listening to teaching, watching something on the screen, and you go back, you go home, and this has been church for you. And I've been talking about how how we want to be a church that motivates people to get out of that chair, get out of that seat, and go out into the world and make a difference. Because the first week was reaching up, reaching up to God through worship and how our entire lives can be defined as worship. Everything we do, our, our marriages, our, our jobs, the way we parent, all are considered worship to God. And then last week I talked about reaching in and what it would be like for a church, what would it be like for a church if every person that went there grew, if they got engaged in community and connected to an environment where they could grow. And today I'm talking about reaching out. You know, this one's kind of the core of the core because for too long, Christianity has been a religion that's been lived out within the walls of a church building, that's been lived out in places where people go to worship and not lived out in the streets. If you read about the life of Christ and how Christ went out into the world and began to teach what he taught, it was taught in the streets. So Christianity, when truly taught and truly practiced, is not just about gathering in a place. It's about living it in the streets. It's about sharing it in the streets. It's about reaching out in the streets. That's what the Bible says Christianity is. As we're trying to convince people that following Christ means you follow Christ 24-7, as we're trying to convince people that being a Christian is something that's lived out out there, not just in here. This is just a very small part of it. We don't ever want to lose sight of winning one life, influencing one life at a time. When you read about Jesus and the way he conducted his ministry, he always had time for one life, for one person for one interaction, one life at a time. Even when there was a crowd, Jesus always took the time to stop and focus on the one life. Even when he had all of these things pressing on him, he would get away and stop and think about and focus on the one life. And as he went through the streets and people were crowded around him, he always had time to stop and influence one life. One time in Jesus' ministry, he was traveling with his disciples, and he came upon this pool called called the Pool of Bethesda. And this this pool was supposed to be magical for sick people. So sick people gathered around this pool, hundreds of them, all the time. And the legend was, when the pool started to turn, that was an angel coming down and turning the water. And the first person that got in the water was healed. And Jesus comes up to that pool with probably hundreds of people who were sick, hundreds of people who couldn't walk, hundreds of people with leprosy. And he comes up to the pool and he could have with one sweep healed everybody at that pool. But he focused on one man who had been crippled for 38 years and he healed him. He had time to stop and focus on the one. 
one day Jesus was walking through the streets to someone's house to see about their daughter and, and people were pressing against him and there was a huge crowd in the streets and a woman touched him and he had time to stop in the middle of the crowd and focus on this one lady. We want to be a church that's always focusing on the one. Because everybody we reach out to is in one of three categories. There's the first category, the person that doesn't know Christ, the person that hasn't yet taken that step of faith across the line and said, you know, I buy into this thing. I may not understand it all, but I'm going I'm to believe. I'm going to believe that Jesus is who, is who he said he was, and I'm going to believe that this is a place I can find him. We want to reach out to people in this category through evangelism. Now, evangelism is a word that you would expect to hear at church. It kind of sounds churchy. You don't really hear that anywhere else. And it might make you conjure up ideas of some guy yelling on the street corner or somebody on TV asking for your money. But simply put, evangelism is just people who have faith sharing that with people who do not. People that have taken that step across the line and accepted Christ and gotten into the family of God, helping people who have not yet made that decision come across that line and give their hearts and give their lives to Christ. The most effective way to share what Christ has done in your life is just to share him and share your faith as you go along, as you live, as you work, as you raise your children, as you meet new people. That's the most effective way to reach out through evangelism and help people that are in the category of not knowing Christ to move over into the family of God. Just like Christ did, we want to meet people where they are, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. People don't have to get their lives cleaned up before they come to church. People don't have to get their lives cleaned up before they start to read their Bibles and they start to consider what Christ could do in their lives. You don't have to get cleaned up before that because you can't. Only he can do that. So we want to meet people right where they are no matter what they've done, and no matter who they are. Philemon 1 verse 6 says this, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. So how do you share faith? How, how do, those of us that know Christ personally, how, how do we do that? Not yelling it from the street corner, not you know using a charcoal grill as an illustration, probably not the most effective way to get your friends to listen to you about your faith. We reach out through evangelism simply by living our lives faithfully out in front of people. I've seen the oddest things get people into a relationship where they moved out of this category into a category where they knew Christ, into the family of God. Things like a volleyball. Invite, inviting somebody to play a game of volleyball with a bunch of college students. They get into a relationship, and before you know it, they've taken that step across the line of faith and accepted Christ. Something like a meal, inviting people to eat, and then you get to know them. Something like inviting your neighbor to a ball game. All those things can help reach out to people who don't know Christ and bring them from being outside the family of God inside the family of God. That's what reaching out through evangelism means. There's another category of people we want to reach out to, and those are the people who cannot take care of themselves, the less fortunate, 
The people who are hungry, the people who don't have clothes, the people who can't afford a house, the people who live under bridges, the people who just can't take care of themselves. Sometimes that's right here in front of us. Sometimes it's halfway around the world. It doesn't make a difference. We're going to reach out through service to people who cannot take care of themselves. Because, you know, we're always trying to make things more simple. The most simple explanation of religion is in James chapter 1, verse 27. And there's some interesting words used here. Pure and lasting religion in the sight of God our Father means that we must care for orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. Now, what does God think pure religion is and religion that lasts for the long haul? And it's not just talking about widows and orphans because in the first century, widows and orphans, the reason he mentioned those was was because they were people, if, if you were a widow or an orphan, you had no means of anybody ever taking care of you. You were helpless. You were hopeless. So what he's saying is pure and lasting religion in the sight of God is that which takes care of people who cannot take care of themselves. That's what God is looking for in people. That's, what's God, that's what God is looking for in a church. That's what God is looking for in the heart of a person that says, I follow Christ, I believe in him. And then he says, if you want your religion to be true, if you want it to last, you will reach out to people who are less fortunate. You will reach out to the helpless. You know what happens when we touch people who are in this category? And if you've ever done it, you, you'll know this. When we touch people that live in this category, the helpless, the hopeless, the people that can't take care of themselves, we end up being touched just as much as they are. We end up being the ones that are changed probably sometimes even more than they are. I remember a homeless man that I got to know when I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. His name was John Babin. And John was an artist, and he would draw pictures And one day he gave me that picture that he drew because we'd given him some money to buy art supplies. And then he would come by and sell these really nice uh, drawings that he had done. And it was around Thanksgiving. We invited him to Thanksgiving dinner. He didn't want to come to a house. So we all had Thanksgiving dinner that year at Shoney's with John. And I'll never forget that. He got a meal. He got some money. He got to meet a whole bunch of new people that he'd never known before. And I know of about 50 people that carry around one of these drawings of John's. I don't even know where the guy is today. But those of us that were involved in his life all got a picture like that, that he drew with his hands. And that's in my office. And every time I look at it, I think of John and the impact he had on my life when I I decided through a group of people that we were going to serve this man that was helpless and homeless and probably felt hopeless. And it had more of an impact, I think, on the people that did it than it did on him. Then there's a lady that I sat with a group of people around her bed in Charity Hospital in New Orleans, and she was dying of AIDS. She was in the last, uh, turned out to be the last hours of her life and just wanted us to sing for her and pray with her. And about 20 of us in the room circled around her, and we did that. And that will never leave my mind of this lady feeling like, you know, it's going to be okay now. It wasn't long after that she died. And when I run into those people that that I was in that room with, I can remember 
back, and they always say, hey, you remember that lady? You remember that lady? And it had just as much, if not more, of an impact on the people who were serving than the person who got served. So it's important that we reach out through service. Not only will it do what God asks us to do for those people, it's going to do what it's going to do more for us in the long run than we could ever imagine. Another category that maybe some of us are in today that we need to reach out to are the people who've lost their way. The people who may have been on track at one time and and for whatever reason they've lost their way. Maybe that's you. Maybe today you've lost your way spiritually and you're just searching and you're just hunting and you're just hoping that you find something. Maybe relationally you have blown it. You've blown it in your marriage or in relationships with friends and and you've just lost your way and you don't know where to turn. Maybe you've lost your way financially. Maybe you've made some poor, poor decisions and you've just lost your way. Well, not only do we want to reach out to the person that doesn't know Christ and reach out to the person who is helpless and can't take care of themselves, we want to reach out to you and we want to reach out to other people like that who have lost their way. Jesus tells three stories in Luke chapter 15 about losing something. First story was the story about a lady who lost a coin, very important coin, very valuable coin that represented family heirlooms. It was a big deal. It wasn't just like a quarter. This was a big deal. So she rips her house apart looking for it. When she finds it, she has a party. Tells another story about a sheep that, that, get, that wanders off from the other sheep. And it's all by itself. And the shepherd goes and leaves 99 sheep in danger and goes and looks after this one little sheep. He finds it. He comes back. He has a party. Then Jesus tells a story about a son who went to his father and said, Dad, I'd like you to go ahead and give me all my money now, all my inheritance, because I'm going to go off and, and, and live the way I want to live. His son did that. His son lost his way. His son messed up. But the father stood and waited. And when Jesus tells the story, Jesus said that while the son was still a long way off on his way returning home, the father saw him. And if he saw him when he was a long way off, that meant the father must have been looking for him. Because in all three of these stories, something very unique is happening. There's a search. There's action. It's not people just sitting around thinking, well, they'll come back. They'll come back. They'll be all right. There was action. There was a sense of urgency to get that which was lost found. And when Jesus set up his ministry, he didn't sit on a corner in Jerusalem and say, could you let everybody know I'm on that corner down there off Main Street in Jerusalem? Just send them on by and I'll, I'll take care of them. I'm going to be doing miracles from 8 to 10. From 10 to 11, I'll be talking to people. Bring the kids by around 12. We'll have lunch together. That is not the way Jesus did his ministry. He did his ministry in the streets. He did his ministry outside the walls of a temple. And that was just freaking the religious leaders out because they thought it was all done in the context of a temple. And Jesus went out and did it in the streets. You start out there reaching people that don't know Christ, that don't know what it's like to live in the family of God, to reach out to them and say, you're missing out on the best thing going in life. And then reach out to people who cannot take care of themselves and have pure religion and lasting religion as God calls it. Because we reach out and touch people who are unable to take care of themselves. And then 
reach out to people who have lost their way, who've messed up for whatever reason in life and they don't know where they're headed, we want to reach out to you too. You know, from the very beginning, we've said that LifePoint is not a come and see church, that we're a go and do church. And we have an entire ministry called Go and Do. Our Go and Do team, it's led by Roger and Gretchen Adam. And I want to interview them and let you guys hear a little bit more about the Go and Do ministry, the Go and Do team, how you can get involved with that, how you can get plugged into it. So this is Roger and Gretchen Adema, and they head up our Go and Do team. Could you guys just tell us a little bit about what the Go and Do team does and what it is? Well, it's called Go and Do because the intent is that we go to where people need help or just, you know, a lot of different ways to help, and we do whatever we can to help these people get a foot up in life. In one sense, everybody here at LifePoint can be involved or can be a member of the Go and Do team. Uh, if you're involved in any sort of outreach in the, in the community or anywhere, you are a member of the team. And ideally, we'd like everybody to be uh, involved. Um, we do have a smaller uh, planning team that is involved in um, organizing and coordinating and, and planning the uh, activities that are coming up. Why'd you guys, you know, there's a lot of different areas to get involved here at LifePoint. Why'd you choose this, uh, this go-and-do team as your, the area where you're going to provide leadership? Well, I think we both really feel that service um, is, is just one of our, our passions in life. And we've been involved in the, in the go-and-do team really uh, when it got started about six months after LifePoint became a church. Um, we uh, really wanted to let everybody have the opportunity to be involved. So we work to organize and integrate the go and do activities into the very fabric of this church, starting with the, the structure, using the structure of the community groups. So how, how does the go and, te- go and do team reach out? Like, what, what, what do you do? What is- well, when we, uh, we looked at everything the church was already doing and what, what we needed to uh, make sure that everybody could have an opportunity to do it, it fell into basically three categories. And the, the one that really is most exciting where everybody can get involved is through a community group. Um, you can go and serve once a month someplace uh, within a 30-minute drive up here. We've, we've looked at um, partnering with, there's a lot of agencies locally that help a lot of people. And so we've gone through and picked up, we have a dozen on the list right now, but you can go through all sorts of things from cleaning or painting to sorting clothing to providing meals, uh, having birthday parties for people, um, uh, adopting grandparents that are maybe in a retirement home and very lonely. Um, there's just lots of different ways. So the community groups can pick something, or maybe they have their own passion. They can pick uh, a different thing, and but serve them at least once a month. For um, We're asking them to serve the same opportunity for at least six months so they do build a relationship with, with the uh, agency that they're partnering with. What would y'all say to somebody that's sitting here this morning thinking, well, I would like to get involved with that, but, you know, i got to get in a group and then get involved. It seems, you know, I don't have enough time. You know, why would it be worth somebody's time to get involved with this? Well, none of us have enough time to do everything we want to do, but I would just say that just give it a shot. Just try it one time. Uh, If you've been involved in one, you know that it's not just the people on the other end that are receiving the benefit. I think all of us are helped uh, I think it's one of the core purposes of us here on earth is to help people, and we just come away feeling that we are living in God's will as a part of doing that. And like you showed, uh, Jesus sent a really great example for that's who he hung out with, were the people that needed help. It wasn't 
the people that already had it had it all figured out. And um, there is a fringe benefit to helping too. Our group has already gotten involved in an opportunity, and we've done some. We have church-wide opportunities too that you can find out more about by just talking to Roger or I or um, Rob Perry. Um, but one of the benefits is that whoever you're working alongside for a few hours, you really do get to know them better, and, and you just build better relationships with, within our church family. Thanks, guys. There's more information about that. Always uh, check our website or go out the info booth and just ask any of those people out there. It's about the one life. Come as you are. No perfect people allowed. A church anybody can come to. Reaching up to God through worship, reaching in through community, reaching out through serving people that need to be served. Those are all things that I've talked about in the context of this last series that we've gone through over the last few weeks to lead up to today where I'm going to ask the question, do you want in? Do you want to commit to a church like that? Do you want to commit and say, you know what, that's a little different than what I've heard of before. Yeah, I want to commit. Because membership at LifePoint is not ever going to be something we grant to you or we stamp on your head or give you a card to show, you know, you're a member at LifePoint. Membership is something that you commit to. It's a commitment you make to the rest of us, not to the church leaders. It's just a commitment to say, God, I'm committed to this group of people. I'm committed to this church, and I want to join in what they're doing and be involved with it. And I'll read through it just to let you know exactly what it says. There's no secret fine print. It says, based on my acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and having followed him in baptism and also being in agreement with LifePoint's stated beliefs, leadership structure, and purposes, I now feel led to join this church. As a member of LifePoint Christian Church, I will participate in the purposes of reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out in order to make Christ relevant to as many people as possible. I commit to support this church and grow in my faith by, and here are three things, be involved in a small group, serving, and giving generously of my resources, and there's scripture references for each of those. Now, one thing I do want to explain, a small group is not just the groups that meet in homes. Small groups, that, that's defined as anywhere smaller groups of people gather outside of this room. It might be the Wednesday night guys Bible study, the Monday night guys Bible study, the Wednesday morning uh, women's Bible study that meets during the school year. It might be any other number of things that you meet with a smaller group of people to, that's connected with this church. So you may not even be in a home group yet. You need to be in one. But when it says small group, that defines more than just the home groups. Serving. A lot of opportunities to serve. Every week on your WhatsApp card, you can check uh, a box that tells you when and how you can serve. And giving generously of my resources. That means purposing in your heart what God would have you to give. Please consider committing to membership. 